your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jay Foster, as always. Uh, today, I was going to bring you a breakdown of last night's game uh, and a little bit of injury news, but instead, uh, I'm going to bring you some more of my conversation with Deanna Weinheimer of Simbin Hockey. She covers the Cleveland Monsters, our AHL team. Uh, so I will get right into it. And then tomorrow we will have a special weekend episode where I talk a little bit more about the game and hopefully we'll have less of a migraine. Uh, so here is some of my conversation with Deanna. Yeah, I mean, after this season, you have Felino, of course you said Line A, Nash, Grigorenko, Texier, Stenland, um, Savard, Delzato. They are all, those contracts are all ending this season. And then... With your taxi squad, you have uh, Stefan Mateau, Gavin Bayreuther, Cam Johnson, and you have most of the the uh, two-way guys in Cleveland, all but Gerby, Fix-Wolanski, and Foodie. All their contracts are done after this season. So this could very well be a team in transition. So the next few months, uh, it could get interesting <laughs> i'm not quite sure what 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 to think of it to be honest so i i could see a few of those contracts going down here um in terms of trying to get them signed here very soon that way they know what kind of money they're dealing with yeah especially because you know line is probably going to make close to 10 jones and warren he could command you know 10 to 12 each so the sooner we know kind of what kind of spare change we have to sign the younger guys, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it'll probably help that I think Felino stays. I think he'll, he won't, we won't be paying him, you know, five and a half million. Oh, uh, no. But I will be very, very sad if, if Felino leaves. Um, and so for that reason, I think they should keep him around. Um, Savard, I don't know if Savard stays. Uh, obviously, Dubinsky's probably retiring if, you know, he hasn't already kind of unofficially retired so it's going to be a very yeah. young team next season I think which is I will be very sad if Savard goes because for someone who originally started with Columbus uh that he he really was kind of more of an offensive defenseman even though he couldn't skate well he tried you, you know he took specialized lessons he's learned how to skate and now he's turned into one of the best shot walkers and stay-at-home defensemen and I don't know I will just be so sad if 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 he goes I really would like to see him stay just a little bit longer because the defensive depth after <laughs> Gabrikov uh it's a little iffy right now yeah, it's. I feel like we went from obviously because we we got rid of Murray and Nudavara to make room for Dubois, who we then didn't end up keeping, um, which is a whole thing that I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna rant about again for the oh I could go on forever about that, but um, <laughs> but I feel like we had really good defensive depth, and then suddenly it, we've turned around and actually 
We have Jones and Wierenski, who are, you know, our one and two for a long time. Gavrikov is, I think, Gavrikov was one of the biggest surprises for me last season. I was really, really impressed with Gavrikov, who kind of came out of nowhere um, and has worked really well with Savard. Um, Andrew Peake, yeah. I think, could be very, very good in this league if he's given a chance, the same as Dean Kukan, I think. Um, Gabriel Carlson is showing flashes of being you know, quite good. But beyond that, I don't... Like, we seem to have very suddenly gone from having a a team of eight or nine potential top six guys to maybe five top six Right, guys. right. And the thing, it's always hard because you see forwards kind of coming out and shining so young. But for some reason, defensemen always seem to take a little bit longer to mature and to really you know, come into their, come into their own in these roles. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but I think like with Gabriel Carlson and Andrew Peak especially, they need consistent playing time. And that's why I'm so happy that he got sent back down. He being Peak got sent back down to the monsters because uh, it's, it's so aggravating to see, you know, someone like Carlson and Peak just, sitting there because they they need a consistent partner they need playing time if you want them to become you know a solid second pairing which they they possibly very well could be but again you need to let them play you need to let them figure it out yeah exactly that's why like I was I was upset when they sent foodie down to AHL and then I thought about it and was like no this is like better on the monsters than sitting on the taxi squad because it's just so frustrating to watch a guy with so much potential just kind of sitting there. And I do think there is value to having someone on the taxi squad and having them practice with the NHL team to get kind of that chance to play or practice, I guess, with guys that are on the big team to shoot against NHL caliber goalies. Um, and, you know, for goalies, I think it's good for them to get NHL caliber shots if they are on the taxi squad, but you can't like, especially in a condensed season like this, they're getting maybe what, like two real practices a week and then a handful of morning skates. You right. can't like, that's not a substitute for playing a full, a full season of, you know, admittedly less quality like a lower quality product of hockey, but mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. I'd rather see peak and foodie get 20 minutes on Cleveland than play eight minutes in Columbus. Exactly. Coming up in just a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Deanna, but first I've got to tell you what betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, college basketball are all in full swing. MLB will be back soon. Uh, so if you want to bet on baseball, then Bet Online is the place for you. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So, you know, you don't have to bet on the Columbus Blue Jacket because they're disappointing right now. Uh, you can bet on The Bachelor or, you know, something something like that. Uh, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine on betonline.ag, and they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
So head over to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That means if you put $100 in, they will give you $50. If you put $200 in, they will give you an extra $100. It's that easy. Once again, that is promo code Locked On, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. I mean, I'm surprised. Then again, Cleveland season is very young. It's been, what, four games, something like that, because their first two games got postponed um, <laughs> because of COVID protocol. But I'm, I, I'll, I'll be surprised the next few weeks just because of the proximity of Columbus and Cleveland, if they don't kind of play around with the taxi squad a little bit and just try to maybe cycle guys through just to get everybody playing time. I mean, because it's only a couple hours, a couple hours away. If I can make the trip from Columbus to Cleveland, you know, every weekend at their home, these guys can do it to go get playing time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm by myself. I mean, these other guys can do it. Just get in a car and go. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, worst case scenario, they can hitch a ride with Nathan Gerby because I believe Nathan Gerby lives in Columbus uh, full time, but obviously he's playing in Cleveland at the minute. But yeah, that I, I didn't think about sure that actually. That I do think having guys just kind of rotating through. Uh, and again, we kind of did that a little bit last season because everyone was injured. It was, okay, let's let's call Ryan McInnes up for a couple of games and see how he does. Let's send him back down. Let's call up Stefan Matteau for a couple of games. And so that's why kind of that, I really liked that because I was like, okay, I'm getting a chance to really kind of see our prospect depth and see kind of who has potential. I wasn't expecting any kind of game changes. Um out of out of the guys getting called up except for you know potentially Liam Foodie who was I thought really good in the playoffs last season as a you know as a 19 year old uh coming straight from London but it um yeah he thrived he really did yeah <laughs> I mean I think a lot of us uh kind of want to forget the depths of the season last year with all of the injuries because I mean, Columbus had more than their fair share of them, and so did Cleveland. I mean, there was a rotating stock of tryout contracts because they they were either losing guys to the Blue Jackets or they had guys going down to, to injury too. So it seemed like every night that there was a game, you know, you'd look through the media notes and there was always one or two new names that we had to learn. And I don't. I, I would love to get into a player's mind whenever they see all that going on around them and trying to constantly having to learn someone else's tendencies, how they communicate on the ice, how they play. And then in say four or five games, they're gone. You know, just how does that work mentally? Yeah. I, I actually talked about this um, a couple episodes ago in terms of like consistent defense partners and line mates like I was actually we were talking about this uh with I had the the locked on Blackhawks guy on and we were talking about Duncan Keith and how Duncan Keith hasn't had a consistent defensive partner since Seabrook in like 
2017, 2018. Uh, right, right. And, you know, that, I think people tend to forget, like, consistency is important. Like, hockey players are creatures of habit. If you're playing with a different guy every game, then you're not going to, you're not going to be able to settle into a rhythm or a routine. And I think that's probably why we struggled last season, why we're struggling this season. It's because mm-hmm. if you don't know who you're playing with, how do you prepare? Uh, that good old line blender mm-hmm. that works <laughs> wonders uh, and sarcasm. <laughs> like I, I, I do understand like the, the idea of, okay, these are, this isn't working. Let's change it up but also mm-hmm. maybe give it more than four shifts to see if it's working or not. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've gotten into some, some conversations with a few of my friends and uh, a couple people that cover Montrose games with me about that in, in Columbus. We don't see it as much in Cleveland, um, at least not yet, at least not under Mike E's. Um, but the way that those lines get shifted around in Columbus, oh, it's it's almost dizzying sometimes. Yeah, it, uh, it drives me, it drives me up the wall. Like it's it's especially like so we've had consistent-ish lines for the past couple of games. And then last night against uh Chicago, I think like after the first period, suddenly all of the lines got mixed up. And I'm like, okay, listen, I know that we're losing two nothing, but also these lines are working. So just because they haven't done anything for 20 minutes doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, you know, throw Texier back down to the fourth line or take Roslovic away from line A because that line of Roslovic, line A, Atkinson, I think has been our best line by by far. So right, right. Well, um, before I forget, I completely forgot to mention earlier about Jake Christensen um, on players like prospects to really watch for. Um, yeah, for for Demon, just everybody, just watch him. He's a lot of fun to watch. I don't know why I keep forgetting about him. <laughs> probably because so much emphasis has been placed on the forwards. Um, and just with the defensemen up in Cleveland, it's a lot of them are playing a game right now where you kind of don't notice them. And that's a good thing um, because they're not making any glaring errors. They're just doing what they need to do. Um, but yeah, Christensen, definitely keep keep an eye out for him. He's uh, he's really young. Uh Born in 1999. Oh, God. I know, makes me feel very old. I was born in the 80s. Okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, when it comes to defensive prospects beyond uh, Pete and uh, Gabriel Carlson, he would be the one to to watch. I just had to mention him. I would be a miss if I didn't do that. So. Yeah, there, I, got that I, out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> I I had heard the name. I didn't know a lot about him, but again, you know, like you say, I feel like the there's an emphasis at the minute on like offensive defensemen, and you know, if you're not putting up points, then what good are you? But I feel like, for me anyway, the sign of a good defenseman is if I don't is if I don't know they're there. Like people like to talk all the time. Like there was. <laughs> Last season, someone, I don't remember who, but someone for The Athletic wrote a really stupid article that was like, well, Seth Jones is actually bad, and here's why. 
Um, and it's just because a lot of the things that Seth Jones does really well are things that you don't pick up on the ice or even like the underlying fancy stats. Like he's got pretty good fancy stats, but all of the things he does really well is stuff that you can't measure. And yeah. that's kind of, that's kind wasn't of how that, I mark a good Wasn't that season. somebody from like a Toronto? Yeah, it was some Toronto reporter during the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah. okay, listen, just because you paid attention to this team for three games doesn't mean you know things. <laughs> Yeah, it was something like Seth Jones is overrated. And I remember I had seen it on Twitter. And then all of a sudden I start getting text messages after text message. Have you read this article? (laughs) Then it pops up on Reddit. Like, Oh, here we go. (laughs) I mean, and that just all boils back down to the fancy stats versus the eye test debate. Uh, coming up in just a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Deanna about the monsters. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiazzi of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of TSN as they round up the biggest stories of the week of the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. At least for me, I'm going to take the eye test more often than not over the fancy stats. But then again, I don't know all that much about fancy stats, so I could be completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, it's like you've got to take them both together. Like you can't be like, well, this guy looks good, but his fancy stats are bad. That means he's actually bad. Like clearly, you know, maybe he's doing something that the stats don't pick up on. Or, you know, conversely, if he looks bad on the ice, but actually fancy stats are pretty good then you know it does, you've got to you can't just be like okay this is a num- this number means like this this one number defines this man this guy's worth on the ice um right. and it drives me crazy when people are like well seth jones is bad in this one stat so therefore seth jones is overrated and should probably not play in this league ever um it's it's almost it's- like that that old adage of there's two sides to every story and the truth lays somewhere in the middle exactly but i mean if i'm looking at a group of defensemen i'm usually going to take seth jones towards the top every single time just just saying i mean especially on on this blue jackets team yeah i'm i'm gonna pick him first every single time no question about it 100%. He's not been very good so far this season, but that, like, the fact that he hasn't been good is such a weird anomaly that it's just, I don't know, that's the most confusing thing to me about this season so far is how bad the defense has been. (laughs) So Yeah, I don't know what, I, I mean, I've noticed the same thing, and I don't know if it's just all the drama for lack of a better word that has kind of surrounded the team or what it is but I'm hoping this is just more of a an anomaly and not a trend of moving forward but yeah I mean granted the entire team has just been kind of off this entire year yeah except for you know Jack Roslovic coming in and <laughs> he brought so much life back to this team I really think he he's in my eyes been kind of a catalyst to help get Cam Atkinson going oh 100 100 percent. I think I'm glad he's there 
Me too. I, I actually, I've, I've always been super critical of like guys that go back to their hometowns or like the way that Toronto goes on and on about every time there's an Ontario born player up for contract negotiations. They're like, well, he's going to come home. And then we got mm-hmm. Jack Russell and I was like, okay, no, I would, I need all of the Columbus boys. Um, <laughs> I would, I would fight all of you for, for Jack Russell uh, And it seems like the team is really kind of, I think he wants to be there. He wants to play for Columbus and he's just having, he's looks like he's having a, a ball out there every time he's on the ice. And I think that's done wonders in terms of like just general confidence with the team. I think they can see him having fun. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to have fun too. Um, right. Well, one one advantage to having Jack Roslovic live in Columbus in the offseason is he skates. He he trains, in, obviously, in Columbus in the offseason, along with all these other guys that stay here, you know, during the offseason. So they right. already knew him. They, I mean... So it was like he's coming home to almost like a second team. Yeah, he was never officially a Columbus Blue Jacket, but he knew most of the guys. So it wasn't awkward. There wasn't really a feeling out period. He could just jump in and he he knew these guys. So yeah. it was kind of almost like, oh, hey, Winnipeg, uh, thanks for giving us Patrick Line in this Jack Roslovic trade. <laughs> Jack Roslovic just yeah, out of the gates of flying and then you know of course it took a little bit longer for Patrick Line to to get going because of the COVID um quarantine and then the visa you know having to get the visa and all that stuff but yeah it's almost like Patrick Line was the cherry on top but the bulk of it was Jack Roslovic right now uh, yeah I keep Either making way, jokes about how I can't believe that Jack Roslovic is the best player in that trade um right but I feel like he kind of just to continue that thought I feel like he really bridged the gap between Lion A and everyone else because he does know everyone and obviously you know he's he's really good friends with with Atkinson and I do think that that top line has been kind of a revelation in terms of getting Atkinson and Lion A to to gel and yeah just generally kind of bringing bringing Lion A into the um into the fold a little bit. Uh, it's the so chemistry. It's beautiful. It's yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, I do want to finish up just by going back to the the monsters uh, for a little bit. Um, sure. What do you think the monsters kind of need to do to kind of get back on track for their season? Um consistency is the big thing um because obviously we saw what they can do whenever they keep their foot on the gas for the entire game I mean the other night they won what was it seven to three against Rockford now granted Rockford is a very young team but they're also a very hungry team as we saw in the game on Tuesday night where Rockford beat Cleveland um so I think it's again just kind of the same thing with the Blue Jackets just stick with your identity play it play it safe in the mindset of don't take you know don't get any stupid injuries (laughs) um 
and stay out of the penalty box. Early on, they have gotten in so much trouble with penalties and dumb penalties at that. I mean, they had one where Nathan Gerby was um, yelling at, a, at an official. He got kicked out. And then at the end of the game, two more guys got game misconducts because they were yelling at the officials. So it's it's finding finding that sweet spot in learning how to take the smart penalties, um, don't take the dumb ones, and just find consistent effort. I think once we get, um, again, like Andrew Peak back in here, that's going to help kind of strengthen the, the defense core here. Um, having Benny Vevalainen available now, uh, that'll bring a little bit more consistency to the uh, crease. You're not going to have Brad Tyson, and then uh, what was his name? Corey Kapinski. I think Kapinski was the last name who was signed on a uh, on a tryout contract. He's been released now, but he was the backup, and nobody knew who he was. He was signed to a couple of SPHL teams, but never skated for them, or you know, ne- never started, never played. So that's going to help them so much. Um, but yeah, just just listen to their coaches. They have amazing coaches up there. Um, again, one from Central Ohio, Trent Vogelhuber is one of the assistant coaches up there. Uh, so he's got you know instant connection with you know guys like Carson Meyer and um, Cole Sherwood. And yeah, and also they just need to keep reminding themselves this is a short season. Right now, they don't even have a playoff structure for the AHL. Um, there's definitely not going to be a, a Calder Cup. So that kind of hurts in terms of motivation. But they just need to all just go out there, have fun, uh, do the best that they can, and just kind of keep their eye on the on the development prize. You just play for that next contract, I guess. So what, what we have learned uh, is that the Cleveland Monsters and the Columbus Blue Jackets are just the same team this season. Um, so <laughs> con- consistency within the brand is important, I guess. Um, so just before, just before we finish up, if people want to kind of follow you on social media to learn a little bit more about the Monsters, uh, where can they find you? Well, they can find all of my written work at thesinbin.net. I also have a weekly podcast that comes out every Friday called Monsters Musings. And then on Twitter, you can find me. My handle is at sinbinmonsters. And I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, Tomorrow, again, like I mentioned at the start, we'll be doing a special weekend episode. Uh, There'll be a little bit of a mailbag. We'll talk about... Uh, last night's game. Hopefully I will be less headachy and grumpy, uh, which is always a plus. Uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at JayTheGoalie. If you would like to follow this podcast, we are at LO underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, anything like that, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com uh, and have a great weekend. I will see you tomorrow.